In this episode of The Interface, I speak with Alan Spencer, Global Business Development Director for Amphenol Procom. Alan has been with Amphenol for 11 years and has taken on the task of expanding Procom's business into new markets. We talk about his efforts with opportunities in the military and industrial markets over the last year. We talk about the strategy of partnering with other Amphenol divisions and how his successes would not have been possible without Amphenol collaboration. We talk about looking at the sport of fishing as a metaphor for business development. And we talk about his desert island music, book, and movie. This is The Interface. Alan, if you could, could you remind the audience what Amphenol Procom does and a little bit about the history of Amphenol Procom? Yeah, so the, the DNA of Amphenol Procom goes way back to a, to a, a company called uh, J-Beam, which was 80 years old, well, over 80 years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's had some brand changes. Uh, Amphenol's made some acquisitions and put really uh, three brands together. So there was uh, J-Beam another UK company called Skymast, and a Danish company called Procom. And so the acquisitions have happened over a period of time, and we've gone ended up going with um, the brand that was probably better known throughout the whole of Europe, which was Procom and mm-hmm. Amphenol Procom. So our product range really consists of antennas, filters, and combiners, and typically for... Uh, professional communications. So right. it's not like uh, antennas for your TV for your house. It's antennas for mobile um, radio for on top of public safety vehicles, police right. cars and our engines and infrastructure for public safety and for utility companies. And uh, yeah, that's, so that's, that's that in a nutshell, really. And how long have you been with Procom? I joined, uh, where are we, 2000, yeah, February 2010. So this is uh, coming up to my 12th year. Okay. And so. you, you as the business development director for Procom, I know the last time we talked, you were on episode 27. I went back and made sure I knew what, what number it was. <laughs> Your focus had really just started to shift to exploring different markets for Procom at that time, specifically the military and aerospace markets, which is how you and I got to know each other. Um, But a year later now, how have those efforts progressed with trying to expand out of the traditional ProCom customer base and and market segments? I I think, you know, given all the challenges of of, of 2020, I think we've done remarkable. We have uh, a major program that we're working on um, with AMAO division and another unnamed customer. Yeah. Um, You know, and and actually, um, we've been working on that program probably for the better part of two years now. And it's always been kind of, show us what you've got. But it's actually now a flourishing program. Um, fingers crossed it will go into production. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of hard work there. You know, business development and, and, and trying to, to attract new customers isn't easy. It's, yeah. it's a huge amount of time. You know, it's not just a case of uh, perhaps uh, giving them your brochure, asking for an RFQ, answering it, and then we'll sell you the product. You know, there's so much more behind that. You know, it's... Um, Takes years. Yeah, yeah absolutely it yeah. is. And that's kind of why we wanted to, you know, going back to, why did we want to look at that? We want to look at new markets. We want to expand our business. We want to grow our business. We know that there's something for us in the military world. We know there's something for in other markets, but 
how can we kind of shortcut that business development process? So that's not to say we, we belittle it or, or, or don't think highly of that, but it's probably inefficient for us as Amphenol Procom mm-hmm. to work with and target a customer that another Amphenol division is already working with. Right. right. Because you have, as you say, it takes years to do this. Why would we want to start that process again? It's not only inefficient for us, it's inefficient for the customer as well. Mm-hmm. And so what we, what we try to, and, and we are doing, is changing that mindset for, for us and for the customer to say, look, you've de- dealt with this Amphenol division for 15 years. You've built up that trust, that uh, relationship. They understand the values and the ethics of your business. Mm-hmm. We can come in just as the antenna specialist. You can keep on dealing with them. We're going to support that division in supplying you the antennas. Part of that strategy to accelerate the process, as you're saying, is to, where it makes sense, partner with Amphenol divisions uh, and, and companies that already have relationships in those target markets that you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, I think, you know, working for Amphenol for the last 10, 11 years, whatever it is, you kind of understand that that's kind of what you should be doing, but mm-hmm. it's a big step to actually try to go and do it. Right. And, you know, as I said, we started to think about new markets, shortcutting the process. And then it was just kind of like, well, you're the business development manager. We want to change your focus. Don't go to customers. Do it internally mm-hmm. uh, and use your skills internally to treat them, your colleagues, as, as customers. So uh, say it's, it seems to be working really well. That's excellent. And you, you brought up an interesting challenge, though, in the way that you've gone about uh, attacking these opportunities you have to, instead of developing new relationships with new customers, um, which is hard to do from scratch, you have to develop relationships with other Amphenol divisions. And sometimes that could be almost, if not as as difficult, because we are so broad and we have uh, so many different divisions around the world, that can be its own unique challenge as well. Have you found that to be the case where you know, sometimes you're like, wow, we really have to gain the trust even of our own Amphenol divisions, which would be understandable. I, I mean, I think you could even take it down to an individual. I know how I feel about my accounts if I bring someone else into those accounts, right? Right, sure. Because yeah. it's taken me years to, yeah. to gain trust. Don't and screw this up. A, yeah, don't screw yeah, exactly. this up. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it, it, and it's it's not just the company, but it's the personal relationship you have with those customers. Well, they trust you. They right. trust who you represent. And with the one broke down, so there's, there is some curiosity about or caution about hey, is, is Alan going to come in and really screw this up for us? You know, <laughs> yeah. are we going to lose a customer that we've been trading with for 30 years because Alan wants to sell them $100 worth of antennas? Yeah. So, um, no, we and, and, and really it's about finding where that joint venture is. What, what does that mean for our, our two different companies? Mm-hmm. You know, if we can, and we try to always show value in the partnership with the other Amphenol companies. So, you know, whether that's how we end up selling the product to the customer, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, the customer is looking to to shift more towards Amphenol, doesn't know how to do that, but wants to keep um, that trusted Amphenol company they've always dealt with at, at the front, we can do that as well. So I think also, I've heard it through many, many different, even on your podcast, I think everybody comes on and says about the spirit of people that work for Amphenol. That's, mm-hmm. that's true. That really exists. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you can go to people and say, I've got this idea. I'd like to. I know you're selling this product to this customer. I think I can do that as well. How can we do that? Right. And it's just been met with some really open-minded and, and brilliant people at all different levels. I 
I try as much as I can to network to the GMs of each different division. But sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes I manage to get in front with the sales guy and everybody in between that that process as well. So, yeah, it, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. But it's a lot quicker than trying to acquire a, a new customer. And it's it's built like a, any trading relationship. It's built on trust. When you do get that opportunity to then interact with new customers uh, using a partnership with a, an existing Amphenol division, what would be something that would be a typical technology pitch on the part of Procom to these customers, just in a generic sense? So what we, um, you know, what we try to look at, um, and probably the easiest thing to imagine is uh, the RF chain in, in a device. So the RF chain typically will have a connector, a cable, some type of radio, and an antenna. Mm -hmm. So certainly three out of those four things you will find in an Amphenol portfolio. Right. And that's how we try to pitch that technology to our customers because those things along that RF path, they all need to work in synchronization with each other. They all need to be the best. Otherwise, in that link, your system is only good as the weakest point. Correct. And right. If your weakest point is perhaps the antenna, then you can have Amphenol's best products in there. Mm -hmm. They're not going to work because you haven't got the best antenna. So it's about delivering this bundle and delivering the solution to the customer so that they can optimize their system with Amphenol content. And that's really where our success has been is, is to follow that. It's almost like customer profiling. Where are we going to be successful? Yeah. Let's follow that path. Connector, cable. That might connect to a box. That might connect to another box. But if it's an RF, it will connect to an antenna somewhere. I guarantee you. <laughs> so what have been, if you give me a, an example or two of success stories that you've had in partnering with some of the other divisions or other groups that are outside of where Procom would typically play? I mean, without getting into specifics with customers and all that, but just a couple of divisions that you've had some success stories with. So, um, you know, we've talked just previously and on the last one about trying to work with the military division. But of yeah. course, the, the division I'm in, uh, Amphenol RFOB, we have a, a company called uh, Amphenol RF, um, and they supply uh, cables and connectors. And interestingly, one of the other target groups we're trying to um, explore uh, is industrial. Mm -hmm. And in this application, it's metering application. It's for monitoring the flow of sewage water. And the customer came to Amphenol RF and said, hey, we've got this problem. We've got RF around water. The two things don't match. Hmm. It's not going to be very good if the antenna, the cable the connector get wet. So we're buying this antenna at the moment that doesn't come with a connector, has a lead on it. We want an IP67 connector. So Amphenol RF said, Alan, you're looking for opportunities in this, aren't you? I said, yeah. How about we supply you with mm -hmm. the connector, IP67, the cable, and you make an antenna that's IP67 as well. I think we've got a win here. And so that took probably four or five months last year of going through and co-creating with a customer. What do you want? How do you want this? Where's this going to be fixed? We came up with some installation ideas of how we can make it more secure in these environments. And now we're in full production with it. So uh, so that was one example of, of putting out there uh, my... I'm working with Amphenol RF on, mm -hmm. on that program. In fact, Amphenol RF, and certainly a guy called Chris Malali, who if anybody knows in the Amphenol world knows him, he's just like, he's a great sales guy. He's just, you can just wind him up and let him go. And he's just <laughs> like, he's on it. So he's brilliant. I love working with him. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast because I want to keep him mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't want him to relax. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, get his head too big. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You'll be asking for uh, for free beer and that sort of stuff from me. Which, uh, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's been really, really good. And, you know, there, there are several, with Anthony RF, there are several cases of that where we've just started then, when you see it once happening, you say, I can replicate this. We can do it again and again and again and again. So that's, that's one example. I think the other example is, as I alluded to at the start of the conversation, is one of the programs that we're working in the military. Very different. I, I talked about a five-month cycle of going from concept to actually in production. Well, this is probably going to be a five-year yeah. <laughs> change. You know, so the, the, the military world is so different from the commercial oh, yeah. world. It's, it takes a long time. Everything, there's, there's so much due diligence paid in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And rightly so. But uh, that's been that's been really good, and you know we've worked along the way with uh, Anthony and Boris Technologies in this okay. program. Yeah. Um, we're working working with Paul Taco, who's kind of uh, uh, he knows the customer, and he's kind of telling us occasionally, giving us bits of information. He's been a bit like a, a bit of a guru for us when we say what they talked about, Chris, uh, uh, Paul. Sorry, he'd say Alan. They are uh, they're yeah. talking about this and that. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, it's military term, Alan. Oh. You're Sherpa. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's been really, really good doing that. So, but there, there's plenty of others as well. You know, right now we're starting on a new program with uh, Amphenol Holland. Okay. Um, and that's it kind of in partnership with uh, Amphenol Charles Industries as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, last year when I was speaking to you, we probably had just one thing on the go. And yeah. now I can see probably it's in nearly in double figures. And of course, uh, Amphenol, we don't like to stand still. Now I've set the benchmark and I expect that uh, the expectation really is on my shoulders now to go from 10 to 20. Yeah. How'd you do that, Alan? I know. <laughs> if you were smart, you would have said, we had one last year, maybe two this year, so, you know, just yeah. to kind of save yourself a little bit. But just, now you threw uh, that out there, it's going to be public. Bit. So there's nothing I can do about it now. It's out of my hands, Alan. And how many people from my company listen to your podcast? Hopefully, uh, <laughs> not the ones making the decision on forecasts. Exactly. Yeah. So you might be okay because of the way that just business in general, worldwide, uh, was affected over the last year. Did the COVID pandemic accelerate those efforts with broader Amphenol partnerships and new market opportunities, or do you think it would have been about the same regardless? No, I think, um, for uh, you know, obviously what has been an exceptionally bad year, I think having some partnership ideas and knowing how we can work on a global basis but do it through, you know, medium of Teams or, or Zoom mm-hmm. actually was enforced. Not that we could ever foresee this, but, it, you know, in hindsight, uh, we set ourselves up to, uh, to be in a good position that... Uh, uh, so we were reaching out to people that we already knew. Yeah. The difference was that I wasn't visiting them uh, face-to-face. Uh, I was visiting them through, through, as I say, video conferencing. So I think um, uh, it didn't hinder us. I think yeah. actually, in many ways, the positive things that come out of this is learning different ways to communicate. Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't the easiest way to communicate. You miss a lot of, subconsciously, you miss a lot of uh, body signals given off and yeah. and those little telltales whether the customer's interested or not you know yeah. you just don't see those it's a very for the brain it looks very 3d but it's, it's very two-dimensional in that right. sense right but you learn to communicate and you learn to get over it well a year ago people didn't switch their cameras on and talk like we're talking oh yeah no for sure yeah you're right Nobody would do that you know yeah. uh, i think i think actually hadn't i think this time last year uh skype 
business, so I was using Skype for business as the main tool, uh, that, that only just started to be Teams in, in January 2020. We had only just been switched on live. So certainly weren't using video cameras then and people were quite shy about it. Now it's just quite normal. So I think, yeah, I, I think probably we could have done more, but I'm happy and I think the business is happy that what we've done as well. I think given for the first couple of months, you're trying to find your feet. What do you miss most about visiting customers? Because I know it's been basically a year since you've been out and, you know, yeah. sat in front of them face to face. And, you know, like you said, had that, you know, more of a, a personal relationship, uh, a three-dimensional relationship. I actually like the way you described that. And it's true. Um, but what do you, what are the things that you miss about it? Maybe not so much the, much the business aspect, but just the personal aspect of it. But, you know, I think it's it's the little things you miss. It's it's the, the, the making of the relationship and building the relationship, you know, away from the the table where you're sitting and having your meeting and doing the presentations where you're standing by the water cooler or you're making a cup of coffee together yeah. or, you know, maybe you're taking your, your, your customer out for a, for a couple of beers. It's, it's that relationship building that you just can't replicate. And they are good times, you know, they're, they're really, it's really good fun, yeah. but actually it helps you with the process that you're going through in trying to convince the customer that you're the right company to work with. Right. And, you know, it's just that kind of relationship building and, um, and, and it's, it's, it makes a lot easier. This is very on-off, you know. It's very digital, this platform. It's like, well, we've only got five minutes left. We're off. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily happen in real time. So it makes my life easier as well. So I can, you can keep the attention for longer. Yeah, and I guess you, you can also do five or six of these a day versus one, maybe two. There's that as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think probably for the company, it's more efficient. Sure. I don't know if the results are any better or any worse. I think for myself, I think the way you build relationships is not through through this. The way it's, it's from being in front of each other and having right. actually discussions outside of work that that you know, you know, do you like fishing? We talk about fishing, and you know, it's just those sort of right. bonding things that you, you just don't get the opportunity really to do that much over this. Platform. Well, I mean, hopefully, once we're vaccinated and can kind of throttle back from all these restrictions that we have on us. I certainly think it'll probably be a hybrid of what you and I are doing right now and live. I don't think we're going to go back to, at least just my personal opinion, whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know, but to go back to, you know, 100% all live all the time. I just think that we've, we've proven that this is an effective way, maybe not the most effective, but it certainly saves time and money and you can accomplish more. I think if you do both, in the future, but anyway, I think that's my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> for what it's you, worth, you know, I, I, I said I, I've worked from home since 2005 and had a home office. And you know, people used to go, "Oh, you work from home, nice and easy, isn't it?" For yeah. you, you know, and it's like I don't think you understand how difficult it is. You know, I, I can certainly get a lot more done. Um, yeah, yeah, of course, I don't have to commute to work, and I just right. have to go down the stairs or down the corridor, and I'm in in my home office. <laughs> yeah, so there are some advantages to that. Um, and now I feel kind of vindicated because my colleagues that never work from home. I go, oh, man, if you don't shut that laptop off, you're always working. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, you are. And yeah. I, so I think there's, there's a hell of a lot more efficiency going on as well. So I think uh, I think you're right. I don't think this will change. I just think that you know, it will be courtly visit and uh, that'll be it. it won't be every week or every month. We'll see. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, we get to a point uh, where we can – at least start making those decisions again for real. So you you talked about um, 
fishing. It's, I assume that's one thing that you like to do when you're not at home in front of your laptop on Zoom or team calls. Oh, if I'm not if I'm not fishing, I'm thinking about fishing. Oh, okay. So you're <laughs> so, that guy. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of odd. I look at fishing in two ways. I think, uh, you know, just from unfortunately, we live probably in one of the best countries to salmon fish, and Scotland's just three or four hundred miles away from me and yeah i can be there in six hours and just fish some of the best rivers in the world some of the best countryside you know it's just yeah. so beautiful so relaxing yeah absolutely adore going there but it's it's also one of those uh hobbies that you'd be surprised how many people do it oh no it's, it's no question i agree yeah there's a ton of people everybody's had a go at fishing as well so you know everybody's kind of interested in it and it's, mm-hmm. it's a great kind of icebreaker i find if you get See, going to your customer's office and you see a picture of him holding a big fish up. Go, oh, I didn't know you did tuna fishing. How's that for you? And I fish as well. And long, long, long discussions. Then maybe we'll talk about, hey, you know, you've got to buy some antennas from me now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, true. Uh, yeah. The other side of it is, is, is it's, it's kind of like business development. I find it, it's, it's kind of a nice... Hmm. Uh, and so what I mean by that is, it's like if you think of the river being your marketplace. Okay. I, I can't fish. I can't fish a whole river that's a hundred miles long. Yeah. But I do know where the fish sit and lie, and I'm going to go and optimize my time on on working in those pools, which oh. is market segments. You Very know? So, good. And then I know exactly what the fish are taking, so I know what product they need. Yeah. So. It really is not much different from my working life, apart from it's much nicer, <laughs> much quieter. <laughs> I say much true. more enjoyable, but you never know who's listening to this either. Yeah, no, that's that's. Now, did you just think of that, or did you have that queued up and ready to go? No, no, I, I, I've thought, of, I've kind of thought about that for a yeah. long time. It is kind of like because it's difficult as well. It's not easy. Yeah, sure, sure. Now, business development is not easy. You, you have to take many weeks of not catching a fish yeah. and carry on being determined that you're going to do it. And so that's something I've always kind of thought about. There are parallels between this sport I love so much and the thing I do professionally, yeah. although not obvious. Although no, not but obvious, I, so. I, I get it. Yeah. It's, it's a subtle, it's a subtle uh, way to, and a subtle analogy to look at your, your business life and, and your personal life. I might have to have you, you know, maybe take over for David Attenborough and all these, all these nature shows. <laughs> You've heard the podcast. It's on no David Attenborough. <laughs> and I know you're also, I'm assuming, a big fan of uh, Liverpool Football Club. So where's that love come from? This might come as a surprise, but I've supported them since 1977. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm that old. And um, I think at the time, um, I don't come from the city, but at the time, uh, they, they were the best team in 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 Europe. Yeah, one of the best teams in the world actually at the time. So every young boy dreamt of playing for the best club, and that was Liverpool at the time. And uh, you know, from then from the mid seventies to the late eighties, uh, we kind of just dominated football in 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 the UK and in right. Europe mostly as well. Then we went through thirty years of really lean, no cups. Yeah. And, uh, until the last year. Until the last year. Yeah. And uh, there's a point at last year where we were uh, champions of England, mm-hmm. champions of Europe, world club champions as well. And playing football that I'd never seen us play before, soccer. Never way you want me to 
So, so uh, uh, of course, the last couple of weeks have been really dismal on our <laughs> part as well. So it's been really difficult because, you know, there's a lot of uh, banter with me and my colleagues. Um, yeah. Only a few of us support Liverpool. The rest of them support other different teams that are insignificant and not very good. Yeah. Um, but uh, and we, of course, remind them of that. Sure, but, uh, of, course. of course. These last couple of weeks have been really tough because it's their revenge time. That's right. They're going to remind <laughs> so, you now. Uh, yeah. So when I'm not fishing, yeah, and not working, yeah, and um, when I'm even when I'm traveling, I'm scrabbling around to well, where can I watch this on TV? And of course, you know, ten years ago it was really difficult to watch it in America. Now every oh, yeah. has soccer on. Absolutely, so yeah, it's been really easy to watch. Finally, we didn't do this the last time that that you were on, but it's a segment. Uh, if you've listened to maybe the last 10, 15 episodes or so, just to get a little bit more flavor of what Alan Spencer is all about. I have you on a desert island by yourself, and you're allowed to bring one, let's call it album or musical artist. What would you bring? I think uh, Bowie or Joy Division. I'd have to go probably with Joy Division. Joy Division? Boy, that'd yeah. be so depressing for a desert island, though. <laughs> ah, I'm stuck on a desert island on my, my own. What could be more depressing than that? Jeez. I mean, you know, as Ian Curtis, I think, ended his life fairly early. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's actually some of their, their, their stuff is just it's just phenomenal. And it's still it, the it is. No, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, probably them. Maybe the, the first New Order album. Okay. So. You want one, so I'll go with Joy Division. Joy Division. Is there a particular album, like Closer? So, yeah, I think that's their best album. Yeah. It's difficult. It's, it's like picking which is your favorite child when you've got 15 children, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> which is your favorite one? Um, it's wrong to have a favorite one, and I can't really pick. They're all so nice. Okay, how about Book? Not a great book, man, to be honest. Um, what would I pick? I'd, I'd pick something I've never read before. I think War and Peace. I've never read War and Peace. I mean, it would keep you busy, wouldn't it? I, yeah, you'd have some time to certainly get lost in it. I mean, I don't know how. I've never read it either. Um, I know it's like, what, 7,000 pages long or something like that. But we'd have it in PDF form, wouldn't we? So it'd be all right. We could just... We... <laughs> Yeah. We could just get we could just get Siri to read it to me. <laughs> sure, we'll we'll make a rule that this desert island has uh, Acrobat Reader on it, so yeah. so you could read it. <laughs> uh, and finally, how about a movie? What movie would you bring with you? Oh, that's a good one. What one have I watched time and time again? Yeah, something comfortable maybe. Lone Survivor. I love the. Uh, you, have you seen that movie? It's it's probably 2015. Mark Wahlberg in oh, it. Oh yeah, I I know it. Uh, I have not watched it, but I know what you're talking about. I, yeah. I think it's it's, it's it's good. St I don't think you know necessarily that the the film's a great film, but I think the storyline is phenomenal. You know, mm -hmm. it's about endurance in the face of adversity. How people right. keep on going and going, and they rely on their training, and they keep on going and going. It's a wonderful story, and it's. Uh, I, I, I've watched that time and time again. The other film I've watched time and time again, and even watch it today, is Highlander. Oh, I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think just probably because it's based in Scotland that I watch it. I, I don't know. But, yeah, so. no, it's been a long time since I've seen that. But yeah, that's a good one too. Well, that's excellent. Three excellent, very varied choices for sure. Joy Division, uh, War and Peace, and let's just go with Highlander as, as your 
as your choice for yeah. Desert Island it's music, classic, book, and movie. Yeah, of course. Well, listen, maybe we should just make this an annual end of January thing if you're up for it. I mean, this is the second Absolutely. year in a row. So um, we'll have they to... They try to shut me down when I'm talking in, at work because they just say you've got too much to say. So I'm not going to run out of things to say. No, well, you now. just get it all out when we, <laughs> when we have you in uh, the end of January 2022. How's that sound? Well, have a good 2022. <laughs> yeah thanks uh all right well listen thank you you for yeah thank you for taking the time to do this today uh i really appreciate it um, oh thank you for the invite i've really enjoyed it as well chris and uh it's a shame we're not getting together as a big group again Uh, i know uh, yeah we just did our sales meeting last week and when it was over it was very anticlimactic as you could imagine because we didn't have hanging out but uh nevertheless hopefully we will see each other in 2021 and if not, we'll just do another episode next January. Absolutely. Thanks again, Thanks, Alex. Chris. See ya. Take care. See ya.